0: you are now tuned into pulse pounding with mickey dylan honestly sometimes me hitting start is the moment where i realize i have to pee should have peed but like here i am already ready to go in the moment and it's too fucking late now so we're just gonna have to wait honestly i feel like so much has happened this week and nothing has happened at all at the same time. Like I feel like I lived a life and I did nothing all at once. The theme <laughs> of my week has been meth. And I know that that sounds weird and that sounds like we're going to go to a place where we're not. So like, just follow me through this wormhole of the story because I have never done meth personally, but I have seen a lot of it happening around me this week. So if you haven't seen the music video for Hello by Q, you'll catch a few moments where if you just pay attention and look just right, you'll see me in the corner. You'll see the one shot swooping past me. You'll recognize this big fat face. But when I was in Washington Square Park for the video shoot, I went to the bathroom. I don't think I told you this part of the story on last week's episode. But I went into the bathroom before I even found where the shoot was happening and the people that were there for it. And I went to pee, of course, and I walk in and there's this homeless looking guy on the counter of the bathroom in Washington Square Park, putting what I believe is meth, because I don't exactly know what it looks like, but some sort of powder into a fucking pipe and lighting it up like a pipe with a ball on the end. And I was like, well, I got to get the fuck out of here. So I left and I paid no attention because it's New York, right? And I, I have no idea what people who aren't from here think when they come here and they see some of the crazy shit that goes on on the street. But as New Yorkers, we're just used to it. We just walk past it like nothing's happening. So I walk out. Not but 10 minutes later is this man bent over like an old man with osteoporosis who can't stand up straight, bent over, running at full speed in the park going, ah! like stopping and yelling at certain people, but doing it in this like aggressive jumping manner where people are like, "Ah," and they step back. It was the craziest shit I've seen in quite a while. And he just kept running around the park and stopping at different people and like saying random weird shit. And I don't think I've seen something to that extent in the city in quite some time. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. And then I'm watching the people Who are a part of the production who are from like different states. Some of them are from Florida and they're watching this guy who I had already had some sort of interaction with or I had been watching him for quite some time. And they're just staring, not knowing what the fuck is going on. So that was my first experience with meth over the past week or two. So now, fast forward to the end of this week, and Hot Chocolate and I plan to go to this concert in Brooklyn. So he listens to a lot of like dark electronic music. Future Garage, a little bit of dubstep, but like the old sense of dubstep, not the Americanized version, which I found out that they actually call bro step. And I was horrified and disgusted by that name. There is this artist called Mala that was coming to concert, and it's one of Hot Chocolate's favorites. And he's like, the godfather of dubstep. like He's like the Tiesto, Armin Van Buren type, like a veteran of this dubstep. He's from the UK. So he's very well respected in this community of music. Um, and we saw that he was coming to Brooklyn. So we obviously had to go. I've also never been to like a bass music show. So essentially, if you don't know anything about it, I'm learning that Izu and that kind of music and Electric Forest, I don't know, whatever the fuck they do, is kind of like the rip off like watered down version of this actual bass music and community. And they kind of like look down upon it. It's pretty funny. So these artists don't tour in the States as often. I don't know if it's because of like budget and labels. And I don't exactly know how it works, but you won't find them as often in the States. So when they come around, you know, you're not going to see them again for a couple years. So you kind of have to catch it while you can. So we plan to go to this. I was super excited because he's told me about all of these events and shows. That he used to go to, and he hadn't really done so in all of the time that we've known each other. So, most times when we go to a concert, it's usually me dragging him to something for me that I like, and we don't really do those kinds of things for music that he listens to. So, I was really excited to like put myself into the scene. And of course, you know, like I love music, everything but country I respect. So, I like that kind of music. It's just not my number one or in like the forefront. But I love EDM and I listen to a lot of that stuff. I just don't talk about it, I guess, as much on this show. But anywhere there's like any kind of music and beat, you know, I'm like in there dissecting it. I'm ready to go. So we had these tickets for a few months. And then, like, the week prior, he tells me that he saw that there was going to be a drone show in Central Park the same night that we were going to Brooklyn to see the concert. So he's like, we should go hit this up. It's like free. It's three show times and it's only about 10 minutes each. We should go hit this up and see it. So I'm like, fuck yeah. I've never seen a drone show. Like, let's do it. And it's free. Like, I'm there. So we go to the city. This is a Saturday night. We go to the city on the train. We go and get dinner at this dope Mexican spot that I wish I remembered the name of so I could tell you to go there, but I don't. And I don't feel like looking for it. But a really great spot. So we're walking towards Central Park, which is only about like five minutes to the area we wanted to get to from where we ate. And we see at the street before, like a crowd of people. We're like, where are all these people coming from? Why is it so busy over here? And we're like, oh duh, we're stoned. The drone show, obviously. We walked through Central Park. We were trying to get to this like one specific spot where they said it would be like optimal viewing for the drone show. So we're walking with the iPhone maps directing us to find this one specific part in Central Park because Central Park is fucking enormous. And we like are approaching the spot where we want to be and we see this like crowd of people, sea of people. It had to be like upwards of four or 500 people just like in this one spot crowding in to see the drone show. There's this perfect break in the trees so you can see the sky open, very cloudy, very windy. We're like, how is this going to happen? But we weren't expecting so many people. They advertise it on all those accounts, like, secret nyc and like all those accounts that like give you things to do but we didn't think it was going to be like such a big turnout we thought it was going to be a small group of people staring at these fucking drones high out of their minds like we were so we get there we're standing in the crowd there's a singing gay next to me and i wanted to fucking kill myself okay Do you know what I'm talking about? Does anyone have the gay friend that thinks that they're in real life High School Musical or Grease Lightning and just bursts into fucking song and starts singing anywhere? There's nothing more awkward than when someone is fucking singing for no reason. And even if they're good at it, it makes it more awkward if they're good at it because you're just singing at me for no fucking reason. This motherfucker is singing on the side of me nonstop. He just keeps breaking into song mid-conversation with his other gaggle of gays that he came with. And I'm like, does no one in his group want to fucking stab him in the face? Or do they leave and talk about how they can't stand his singing? So I'm dealing with the songstress next to me, and we're waiting for this thing to start. We got there probably 15 minutes in advance because the last showing was at nine o'clock. Now, we didn't hear anything when people were walking out as we were walking in as far as what it was like, And after I watched it, I can't believe that I wasn't listening to more complaints. So we're all there staring at the break in the sky waiting for this to happen. Now, my assumption is that they're going to come off the ground. There's a gate or fence in front of us that almost looks like a bridge, but we're far enough back in the sea of people that I can't really see what's over it. But I'm thinking it's the ground. And at some point, they're just going to come up from the ground. So we're all staring. Everyone's got their phones out. They're fucking videotaping the night sky. It boggles my mind, and I said this a few times throughout the night, that people like don't come to enjoy something. When I go to a concert or when I go to an event, I take videos, of course, but I don't take a video the whole time. If I'm just going to record the whole thing, I might as well stay home and watch someone else record it from the comfort of my couch with a glass of fucking wine and a blanket. If I'm gonna be staring at the screen, watching it through the screen. So I'll take a video or throughout a concert, I'll take a few. But after that, like after 30 seconds of taking a video, I'm like, put the shit the fuck down. I wanna see the best parts of the show or the concert or whatever with my own eyes. I'll put my camera down instead of taking it out when I know the best part is coming, cause I wanna see it. I could watch someone else's fucking video. So anyway, everyone's got their cameras up. So now we see the drones start coming in from the left side of the sky, from beyond the trees. And they're just like blue, which in my mind, immediately I'm like, all right, well, this is like the setup. They're going to fly in and then it's going to do whatever. So they fly in and they immediately disappear behind the clouds. And Katjaka and I are like, do you think they accounted for the cloud cover tonight? Like, is this whole show going to go on beyond the clouds and we're not going to fucking see anything? So they come in, the lights go off, they come in. Now they're all circling. They're all like forming into a pattern. And then the lights come on and they're beyond the clouds. And now we can see them. Everyone starts cheering, right? So they're lighting up these like two colors, kind of purple kind of yellow, and they're slowly moving their way over. It's a thousand fucking drones, a thousand drones. And they're moving over and they're all twinkling and they're moving in these little circular patterns. It looks like a fucking constellation. It looks like goddamn space with this pinkish and yellowish color that they're alternating between moving in these little circular motions. So now they all start to come in, right? It's doing the same thing for about a minute with these colors and these little movements. And we're like, hmm, I wonder how this is going to change. You know, a drone show is what they called it. I'm expecting a motherfucking show. I'm expecting this to turn into some shapes, different colors, different patterns. I wanna see some frequent movement. I wanna see some fast movement. I wanna, I want it to look like a fucking UFO in the sky. I want wild shit to happen at a drone show. So they're moving in, and now all of a sudden they're doing the same thing for like a minute or two. And then it starts to move out the other way. And I'm like, are they fucking leaving? Is that it? And then they trick you and they start moving back towards the area they were and they start doing the circular pattern. And we're like, hmm, okay, we're about three minutes into this show and it's supposed to be 10 minutes. So that means they've only got seven minutes left. They better do fucking something real quick, real soon, real crazy immediately before this show is the fuck over. When I tell you this drone show lasted seven minutes, six or seven minutes when it was advertised at 10. And they never did another fucking thing other than what I just explained to you. They literally just moved in their little circular motions with the colors. I don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden, they were gone. They were leaving. And Hot Chocolate's like, well, maybe they're going to do something else, whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. They're gone. They're out the door. Like They are floating away. Everyone else around us was equally as flabbergasted waiting for something that never happened. I don't know what happened here. I don't know if the people who put this show on, which I still don't know who they are. And if you're listening to this, okay, learn a fucking lesson from this situation. I don't know if they had things planned that couldn't happen because it was too windy, because the clouds were too low and they had to adjust, but they should have put out some sort of statement if that was the case. I don't know. If they thought they were going to advertise this places and nobody was going to fucking show up, and maybe they were equally as flabbergasted to see four to 600 people. I'm not good at estimating that, but it was a lot. I don't know if they were equally as flabbergasted as we were to see so many people in this fucking drone show in the middle of Central Park, and they thought it was going to be a small crowd of a few that they were just going to test some shit out in front of, but they disappointed literally everyone. Everyone was audibly pissed. There was a little kid, kids say the funniest fucking shit that they, they don't hold anything back. A kid in the middle of the show, <laughs> five minutes into the seven minute show, screams out, this is kind of boring. And everyone started cracking up. Everyone was like, is that it? Is it over? What the fuck was the point of that? This is crazy. What a disappointment. I can't believe I got tricked, right? The gay is breaking into song about what it, I don't even know what it could have been about the terrible show. He's playing Troy Sivan on his fucking phone. I said, can we get any gayer? Joy Sivan in Central Park on somebody's phone in the middle of a fucking drone show while this gay is breaking out into song. I couldn't imagine anything gayer unless someone started doing math there. That would have been crazy. I go on Instagram to see if anyone's posted videos of the drone show, if anyone's been as disappointed as we have, and I'm looking to see what the comments are going to be like on these videos. Oh my fucking God. Are you ready for this? So on secret NYC, the secret underscore NYC, they posted a video of the drone show of these twinkling lights that I'm explaining to you. Okay. Looking like fucking UFOs or stars in the sky. And the caption says, you know, something dope is happening in NYC when there are 10,000 plus phones in the air. Now they're saying it was 10,000 people. It was not 10,000 people, 10,000 plus phones in the air. This footage was shot by at Craig's beds of the drone light show over Central Park tonight. Who got to see it? Let me read you the comments. <laughs> Maybe worth a picture for an article or Instagram question mark, but it was very poorly planned and not well managed. Setting up expectation for 10,000 plus people and having them wait for 90 minutes to see 5 minutes of drones just fly randomly in the sky. <laughs> is lack of consideration. Somebody else wrote five minutes of disappointment. Somebody wrote, it was free and I still feel ripped off. Bro, same. I feel the same way. I thought they were going to make shapes or something. This was such a joke. Please don't market these events on your page because it's actually misleading. You honestly should take this down and pretend you never promoted it. It was a thousand drones lasted five minutes and sucked. Sometimes I'm the kind of person who's like, maybe my expectations were too high. Was it me? So then I realized when I read the comments and heard everyone walking out, I'm not crazy. That was fucking stupid. So I said to Hot Chocolate, thank God this was not our main event that we came out for on a Saturday night, because if we only had this to go to, we would have been so disappointed. But because our main event was after that we just laughed about it and were like, mm, whatever, at least we didn't waste any time thinking that this was going to be the event of our night. I talked to somebody who was from a different state that told me that they came to New York and got a hotel and planned this whole like thing because they thought it was going to be some wild fucking drone show. Imagine planning your weekend and coming to the city and getting a hotel and spending all this money to see this drone extravaganza only for it to fly by you for four seconds and do absolutely nothing. So we started to make our plan to head towards Brooklyn. So we go to Union Square. We take the subway down to Union Square. We get out to go smoke a joint in Union Square. We walk into the park and light the joint, only to immediately see as we're walking around the square, two people on a park bench smoking meth out of a pipe. We were literally just talking about the meth craziness that I had seen earlier in the week. And what do we walk into? in another park, but meth smokers. So I'm like, yo, let's smoke this joint in laps because I want to see the progression of if they're going to freak out and start acting crazy. Now, mind you, I don't think meth is funny. I don't think drug addiction is funny. I'm not trying to make comedy out of people's real life problems. It makes me very sad to see people in that position. However, separating the art from the artist, the funny part is the reaction of other people when these people start acting crazy and screaming and yelling and and being all wild. And to see other people around them be like, what the fuck's going on here? That's the part that makes me laugh because honestly, it's gonna happen whether I laugh or not. These people are not gonna stop smoking meth because I chose not to laugh at them. So I might as well laugh at the actions of the people on meth. We did about four laps waiting for some meth activity to happen and none of it did. People are screaming in the street. It sounded like someone had gotten robbed, like he was yelling about getting his stuff back. And we saw this like group of guys kind of like walking fastly away from him. And the other people in the park were looking over and trying to figure out what was going on, like beyond the trees in the street. And it seemed like somebody like robbed him or stole his stuff. And I'm looking at the other guy who's like very prim and proper in Banana Republic clothing with his headphones in. And I said, this is the funniest part about New York City. Just 40, 50 feet away on the other side of these trees on the street, someone is getting robbed by hoodlums. And this Banana Republic ad man, he looked like he stepped right out of the catalog for Banana Republic, is sitting with his back facing these people, having no idea what's going on listening to some music or some podcast in his headphones, totally unaware that someone's life is being ruined right behind him while you have the people next to us at the park scurrying away because they're scared because they're afraid someone's going to shoot up the park. There's nothing more in New York than something crazy happening so close to you and someone else being blissfully unaware that that's going on. So we head to Brooklyn on the subway I am not good at subways. That is how chocolate's department. I don't know anything about the subway. I don't know how to get anywhere on the subway. Of all the years I've frequented New York City, I walk or I take an Uber. I just rarely take the subway because it fucking confuses me unless I'm with someone who knows it. The last time I tried to take the subway and I looked at the map and I said, this has to be simple enough. It's a fucking map. I got to be able to follow it. I don't know where the fuck I ended up, but a 20 minute trip turned into an hour and I said, nope, not again. So we get on the subway and now I'm like high as fuck, right? Like, you know that point where you smoke And you're stoned, and you're like just past the point where you should be. And you're like, "Mm, I'm a little too high, but I'm gonna ride this out because in like 20 minutes, I'll be back down to a level that feels good. Hot chocolate is also not a big caffeine drinker. He's a little more sensitive to caffeine. So, my insanity of a caffeine intake is always so confusing to him. So, I bought this canned espresso that was like 210 milligrams of caffeine, it was like three or four coffees worth of caffeine in one little tiny can. And I am throwing this shit back. And he's like, at one point, he looked over in the park and he was like, you finished that already? I'm like, yeah, I didn't buy it to enjoy the taste it wasn't something I was savoring like a fucking piece of cheesecake. I bought it as jet fuel to pump me the fuck up because we have to go all night tonight. I also like to get like dumb caffeinated before I smoke a joint because I feel like the mix of the super upper and a little bit of a downer puts me at this like dope balance where I feel great. We're on the subway and now I'm like just a little too high and I'm standing in the middle because it was packed and I'm holding on to the pole. I turn around. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like he just appeared with no one reacting to him. I feel like I'm the only person who saw him like it was a ghost. Comes this guy dressed like full head to toe in like punk rock and these piercing green eyes, the most beautiful but scary eyes you could ever see. And as I turned around, his eyes meet my eyes and they're looking right into my eyes. And he's wearing like, he looks like Dark Angel. (laughs) He looks like Avril Lavigne. He's in like the chains and the all black and the platform boots. He's got the piercings all over his face and his dreads, like, they're perfect and they fall perfectly, like, around his face. He was a very good looking guy and his eyes were very striking, but there was something about it that scared me. I think it's because I was high, and these like devil green eyes are like piercing into me. So I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to look away. So I look away. He goes and stands in the middle of the two subway cars. He's standing in the middle outside of the two subway cars. The subway's going at full fucking speed, and he's just standing in the middle of the two cars with his back on the door, smoking a cigarette. And I said, that is a demon sent from hell to flip over this train and steal all of its souls. (laughs) Of course, nothing of the sort happened. And normally, it probably wouldn't have even alarmed me. But because I was so fucking high and these eyes were staring right into mine, I was like, that's it. My life's over. So we get down to Brooklyn. And again, like I have a little bit of an idea what to expect based on listening to the music. But of all the live shows I've been to in my life, which at this point is well over 100, I've never been to like a real authentic bass music show. And how Chocolate is explaining to me the way the sound systems are and how loud it is and the way the bass is and how you can kind of like feel it in your body. And I was having these flashbacks to like when I was younger with my cousins who had really crazy like subwoofers and systems in their car. And I remember that feeling of sitting in the car and feeling the music like in your fucking chest plate. So I was excited. I'm like, I'm going to thrive in this fucking environment. So we get down to Brooklyn and we're walking up to the chocolate factory. So there's this place called, I think it's called Raw and Fine Chocolate in Brooklyn. And it's like a storefront, and it's a chocolate factory. They sell like wine and chocolate and all this shit. But attached to it on the side is like this warehouse venue, and they call it the chocolate factory. They do all of these kind of like bass music dubstep events. The reason I drank the fucking espresso and was trying to pump myself up was because the doors didn't open till 10 and the main guy that we were there to see, the headliner, Mala, didn't go on. The set time was like 2.30 a.m. So I knew that we were going to be in this bitch until at least 4 35 a.m. So I had to go all night and I am old now. I can't do that shit the way I fucking used to. So we're walking up and we're trying to find the place and I hear this like intense bass and I'm like, is that it? And he's like, no, I don't think so. And he can't see for shit. So if he's not wearing glasses, that motherfucker can't see anything in front of him. I don't, it boggles my mind. Sometimes I forget because I have good vision and then I wear these dumbass fake glasses (laughs) that I don't need for style. Meanwhile, this motherfucker can't see. I'm trying to point shit out and he just can't see it. it. It's mind boggling to me that people have bad vision and I'll never understand it. So, I look up and I hear like the bass rattling the fucking garage and the metal doors. And I'm like, yo, I cannot wait to get in there. This is exactly what I was hoping for. So, we walk in, you know, you show your tickets, get your wristband, and then you walk into like the main room. The main room is literally just like a big garage, it's like, looks like a warehouse. There's lights, like light bars, all over the ceiling and the side of the walls. And the way that the lights work is like, there. But subtle, like it's not intense or overwhelming like a music festival. So the light bars are all around. There's a gate in the front, and beyond the gate, there's like a small platform, and on the platform are the decks. And the first DJ is playing. The sound of the speakers as you got closer was so intense. Now I see why people wear earplugs. I brought earplugs because I heard that this was a thing about these kind of shows. And I just refused to use them because it was my first experience. And I wanted to party and I wanted to be deaf the next day. We got like right up front against the speakers. And I was kind of like scanning the room and people watching because these kind of events will attract like that cool hippie crowd that's into this music and loves to do like mushrooms places. And I can see the guy in the front doing this crazy dance. And I'm like, I think he's on acid. I think that's what it looks like. (laughs) But everybody at these events are like so cool and friendly. And I said to Hot Chocolate at one point, I was like, I've never been in a crowd this big and felt like nothing bad is going to happen to me. Like There's no way that anyone is getting stabbed or opening fire in this crowd because everyone just wants to be cool and be your friend. Everyone's passing you a joint or passing you a lighter or smiling at you. And God forbid someone acts in a way that isn't courteous. We were walking towards the outside area at one point and we were standing against the wall and this guy comes like barreling through like pushing through people and everyone around us just all kind of looked at each other and we're like how rude <laughs> not being courteous in this kind of crowd at these events is like against their policy it's not okay probably lasted like 6 hours the show so we kept coming in and out to smoke joints so there was on the side of the stage this like door opening that i originally thought was like a back hallway or like backstage But as we got closer, we realized it was this really small outdoor area with nothing out there but a light bar on the side to kind of like illuminate the space. It was the best vibe. Everybody was like packed in there, smoking joints, smoking cigarettes, and I'm trying my hardest. I got my stupid little vape that I bought, trying my hardest not to smoke a real cigarette, which I succeeded, but I wanted it so fucking bad. So we're standing out there smoking and we just got into conversations all night with like random people that were standing next to us. We didn't have a lighter because I don't smoke anymore and he was unprepared. So we were like trying to light joints the whole night. We had to keep borrowing lighters and it was such a conversation starter. Everyone kept talking to us after we would ask them for a lighter. I had the best conversations all night. I was on the dance floor. Now I'm throwing back IPAs and I'm smoking all night. And I like, don't love a crossfade outside of the house. I don't want to be drinking and smoking at the same time. I usually need to pick one because sometimes if I smoke too much in a social environment, I start to feel weird, right? Like I start to second guess things and I'm like, am I being weird because I'm high? Because I'm like thinking about it. But I didn't feel that way all night. I was having the time of my life, shaking my ass on the dance floor. I've never seen Hot Chocolate dance so much. We had the best night together and we were like up by the speaker and i was like putting my hand on it at one point to feel it but then like if you stood in a different spot you felt the music coming from further away in a different way like it was almost blowing wind at you from the speakers and then if you were standing a little further away you just like felt the vibrations no matter where you stood from each different vantage point in the room even as far back as where the door was you felt not heard felt the music differently which I'm already into shit like that and the way music makes you feel physically, like depending on what environment and the sound system. So, for me to stand in different places and physically feel the music on my body differently from different vantage points was like the coolest experience. And it's something that you don't get in a lot of small venues. So, sometimes if you're in the right spot of Madison Square Garden, you can feel like that or a big arena venue. But in those smaller venues where it's only like a couple hundred, a thousand people, It's rare to feel that way unless you're right against the speaker. So that part was awesome. I was dancing with all these random people. I met like a couple girls. Shout out to Ginger. Ginger is my new buddy (laughs) that I met on the dance floor. I kept telling everybody it was my first bass show. And these are like professionals. So they loved the shit out of that. And they kept like talking to me about my experience and what I thought of it so far. I went to the bathroom. I was talking to some guy online. Every time I saw somebody with earplugs, I was like, do I need those? Should I be wearing those? And every person was like, yes. And the one guy who didn't say yes was like, no, it's fine. You'll just wake up and hear this ringing in your ear tomorrow and it'll last the rest of your life. I started cracking up laughing. I thought that was the funniest thing. Of course, that didn't happen. He was wrong. But I kept saying to people, I'm like, it's my first time at an event like this. One time's not going to kill me. I'll wear the earplugs next time. Even though I say that, I probably won't. So I really just can't explain what an incredible night I had. And to walk into A different environment than you're used to. Like I love music and I love concerts. I love live shows. It's my thing. I do it all the time. But to walk into an environment of that or a section, a sector, let's call it, of that that you haven't personally been a part of in person, you have expectations based on things you've seen, things you've watched, but seeing the video and being there in person is not the same thing. So, to have walked into that room with certain expectations, but those expectations were exceeded like beyond belief was the coolest thing. I was having the time of my life every time something happened that I wasn't expecting. And the way that, like, the beats I'm also an instrumental person. Like, I listen to a lot of instrumental music, of like popular music. So, I love Femme Fatale by Britney Spears, the album as a whole. It's produced by Dr. Luke. Is that problematic? Yes. Was it problematic at the time? No. So, let's just separate that. That album is full of these like incredible EDM influenced pop beats. And sometimes I'll just like get stoned in the house and listen to the instrumental versions on YouTube instead of like the full songs that were on the album because you can hear parts of it differently. This music is just like that. It's all instrumental. There's no words. So you're like listening to the different layers of the beat and how they like weave things in and out. And I'm so weird that I'm trying to catch like the song structure and I'm talking to him about it while he's standing next to me. A traditional song will work in like parts of four, I guess, as far as repetition and the beats. Maybe that doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to me. But this music was in like parts of three. So I was following the beat and watching how the transition worked and trying to like nail down the beat ahead of time because I'm just a music nerd. And he was looking at me and laughing the whole time. I'm like, I'm going to figure out their whole cadence and I'm going to follow it. I had my hands on the speakers. I wanted to touch the fucking speaker. I was like a kid in a candy store and I was at a chocolate factory. So it was perfect. I also think it was exciting for Hot Chocolate that I was having so much fun. I think he was excited about the fact that I enjoyed it as much as I did because it is like a little bit of a different environment. And because the music is so loud and and it's just such a different atmosphere than a regular concert. I could see how for some people it might be overwhelming, but I didn't feel that way at all. I felt like I was thriving. I felt like I was back in Webster Hall on basement Saturdays in the studio at Webster Hall those days. If you know, you know, shout out to you. I had the fucking time of my life. And it's really interesting, right? Like, So we were together for four years. We had our little hiatus. We've been back together since the summer. It's interesting when you know someone for so long, so intimately in a relationship, that there's still experiences that you have this far in that are like new together and are like bonding experiences that feel like it kind of pulls you closer, right? So I feel like we had conversations about music over the course of the night in a way that we don't usually because the music we listen to is so different. And a lot of stuff that He listens to, I never really hear or listen to. And a lot of my stuff, he doesn't pay attention to. So we don't really have that room to have that conversation about music. So to be here watching something that he was so invested in live, listening to it, we had conversations about music that we don't usually have. And like we connected in that way that we're not used to. And then to have like such a fun experience in an environment that he's used to that I'm not, it just felt like we learned something new about each other. Him being surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did, and me being like, Do you even know me? Like, this is an environment that I thrive in, but we've never been in it together. So, how would he know that? I might have gotten there and been like, This isn't for me, you know? So, just to like learn a little more about each other in such a small way at, a, at an event like that had this feeling of like uh, almost like getting to know each other. And how interesting is it that four years into knowing somebody as intimately as I do, we still like learn new things about each other. So that was cool to me. That was exciting. That was probably the best part of the night. We had the best fucking night together. And the last set of the headliner didn't end until like 4.15. And then we had to start the fucking trek back home. And you can't get a train to Long Island out of Brooklyn at Atlantic Terminal or the city until like 6.30 in the morning. So now we leave the venue take the subway back to Manhattan. We get off at 14th Street because the subway's not going to the last two or three stops that it usually goes to for some reason. And we just walked the whole fucking way back to Penn Station, got food, jumped on a train back to Long Island at like 6.30. We walked in the fucking house at almost nine o'clock in the morning. I was driving back from the train station to the house And I was looking up, he's asleep in the passenger seat and I'm looking out the window and I'm like, when's the last time I fucking came home, like came home in the sunlight? Have I been awake for that? Sure. But when's the last time I was driving home from a night out while people are out on their morning run at 8.30 in the morning? I had to have been like 25 (laughs) the last time I did that. So that was part of it too. Like, I felt like I could still be young and cool, even though I'm 30. Like, I could stay out all night, but you know what hit me? When I went to work the next day, I came home, I slept for four hours. I woke up, I went to work, and I said, I feel like I wanna die. I didn't feel hungover, I didn't feel sick, but I rode this like wave of overtired, caffeinated until I fucking crashed. And I got home from work that night and I was like, I am old. I slept all day the next day. The day after, the day after, I slept till fucking 4 p.m. on my day off, and I did not give a mother fuck. I'm still young enough to stay out all night and hang, but I am not young enough to function the days following as if nothing happened. I'm still tired. I'm still fucking out of it. I still feel like my words aren't coming out right just from being so overtired. Thank God for my newfound love of these fucking Celsius drinks, not sponsored. The day after the day after I talked to my mom, right? And this is an interesting commentary on how moms never follow the story right and never quite remember or understand what the fuck you're talking about when they're not involved in it. I start telling my mom the story on the phone the day after the day after. And I'm telling her, I'm like, yeah, so we did this. She said, oh, I knew you were in the city. What were you doing in the city? So I'm telling her about the drone show. I'm telling her about how we were going to the specific bass music show. And then I'm telling her how Hot Chocolate found the drone show. And we wanted to do that first. So I'm telling her how we walked in and we didn't realize it was going to be such a big crowd at the drone show. She's like, oh, the drone show? What artist were you seeing? I'm like, mom, follow the fucking story. Okay. We went to the drone show first. And then we went to the concert in Brooklyn. We were in Manhattan. Then we were in Brooklyn what time did you get into the city? What the fuck does that matter? What relevance does that have to the goddamn story? What time did you get into the city? I said, I don't know. We got there about eight o'clock. We had dinner at eight o'clock. And then we went to Central Park for the nine o'clock. What does that matter? So now I'm telling her, I'm going on and on. The whole story I just told you about how we were expecting this. It turned out to be this. It fucking was kind of boring and pointless. Everybody was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Well, I'm just still confused about what artist it was. Mom, the drone show is separate from the artist. So now I give up, right? I give give up. So now I'm telling her about Brooklyn. So I'm telling her how we took the subway from Manhattan. We go to Brooklyn. I'm telling her the whole story about the warehouse, the chocolate factory, the rave. Is she following? I don't fucking know. She's still trying to figure out what artist it is, as if she has any idea who the fuck it is or what kind of music it is. Then we're back to the drone show. And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to send you the video of, of the drone show when i find it and i'm going to show you exactly what it was because it was the most uneventful underwhelming experience i've had in a long time based on what it was marketed as and everyone else around me felt the same way i'm like it was it was ridiculous it was stupid after telling her how disappointing and ridiculous it was i sent her the fucking video on instagram that secret nyc posted do you know what she fucking responds as if we didn't just have this whole conversation about how underwhelming and disappointing it is 5 minutes prior to when I sent her the video, she writes back, wow, exclamation point, so cool. Are you high? Were you present during this conversation? We? Had? What do you mean so cool? Why are you sending me anything with exclamation points, lady? To be so excited about being so off base from the conversation that we just had is crazy to me. And that's when I realized that if moms are not invested in what you're saying, if you are not dying in the city because somebody uh, committed an airstrike. They're not that concerned about the parts of the different story. Pay attention and follow through. She was more concerned about what time I got to the city, what time I left the city, and what kind of danger I may or may not have seen than she was about paying attention to the parts of the story. I wanted to kill her. And you know how it is when your mom drives you crazy. At that point, I'm like, I got to go. I got to hang up. I got to go. I have no time for this. I got to go off the phone. That's it. That's all I got for you this week. I'm going to take the most scorching hot shower in America immediately following this recording because we have had some drama in this house this week with the furnace and we had to get it fixed. And I have a really fucked up (laughs) YouTube algorithm, okay? Because sometimes I want to hear things. That I don't agree with or don't 100% line up with, because I think that's the only way you form a well rounded opinion about things is listening to different sides, even if you don't agree with them, so you can form your own opinion and see who's crazy and who's not. So I watched a couple videos of Andrew Tate recently trying to learn more about why he was arrested (laughs) and served jail time in Romania. I then watched the videos of Candace Owens on this tour that she's on spitting back in the face of the liberal audience who showed up to challenge her. And now for like five days in a row, my YouTube shorts algorithm was showing me all Candace Owens and Andrew Tate. And I was like, this is not what I asked for. I wanted to see a few specific things (laughs) at one time about a situation. And now you are force feeding every piece of content that these two people have ever made (laughs) down my throat. So Andrew Tate said about his jail sentence and the time that he spent there, that it was a test of his mental fortitude. And that if you claim you are a mentally strong person, sometimes you're going to be tested to make sure that it's true. And I felt he was referring to a fucking prison sentence. He spent months in jail, I believe. And I interpreted that as now that my hot water is not working until these guys come here on Monday and fix the furnace, I am going to take cold, ice cold showers to test my mental fortitude because I am someone who claims that I am resilient and tough mentally. So I took three cold showers over the course of 48 hours. And I dipped each piece of my body, each body part slowly into the water until my whole body was in there. And I was like, hmm, well, I've adjusted to the frigid temperatures as if I jumped off a cruise ship in the fucking Atlantic Ocean. I felt like I sunk in the Titanic and I was trying to make it to a lifeboat. That was the temperature of the shower. But I pulled myself the fuck through it. So you know what, Andrew Tate? You were right about that. Now I know that I am mentally as tough as I think I am because I withstood three ice cold, frigid showers for ten minutes apiece. Good for me. As always, make sure you are following me on Instagram at making out the mouse. Make sure you're following the podcast Instagram at PulsePounding. pounding. And if you have not left a five star review on your streaming service, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna let that go this week. I'm gonna let that go this week if you send me proof that you bought a copy of the Britney Spears book leave the five-star review in the form of a purchase of Britney Spears' book or audiobook. Hopefully, she's the one making the money from it. Goodbye.